We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast presented by Sports Drink. Uh, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman and Andy Graham is back to talk Indiana football. Today, we are previewing the Indiana offense. Last year, Indiana's offense fell to the bottom of the Big Ten in almost every category. Uh, and it was painful to watch for most of the season. So how can Indiana improve this year? We'll go through position by position. Uh, there are a lot of new faces on this offense. Uh, we'll start uh, with the quarterback position. It's a battle between Jack Tuttle, Connor Basilek, and maybe Dexter Williams has snuck into that battle as well. Tom Allen will not announce a starting quarterback uh, during during fall camp up until kickoff. I, I, they'll inform the team, the coaches, uh, and the players who's starting against Illinois, but they'll keep that in-house, which I think is a good idea. Andy, we'll start with you. Um, with the quarterback position, uh, last year was probably about as bad of a quarterback play as we've seen in a long time at IU. What needs to change uh, for, for IU to be successful at that position? And who do you think has the upper hand to, to start? Yeah, well, it, it was the worst quarterback play I've ever seen at Indiana. And I've been around a while, as you know. <clears throat> and uh, it, more than any other single factor that tor that torpedoed the season. Uh, as far as this year goes, um, it's really interesting from afar uh, without really knowing uh, what Tom is thinking and what the other coaches feel uh, uh, in terms of how the direction is is which direction it's going to go. I'm not sure they know yet, but I think they probably at least suspect. Um, they've got another scrimmage on Friday. I imagine the first scrimmage and Friday scrimmage will have uh, a lot to do with how things, uh, what direction it does go. Well, from what I've heard, just talking around, uh, I, I think I think the basic consensus is that uh, Jack Tuttle um, has the locker room, uh, has uh, obviously some experience within the program and is healthy now. And for those people who think they've seen enough of Jack Tuttle, you know, I've seen some comments like that on the, on the web and it's like, no, you haven't, you haven't seen him healthy very much. When you have seen him healthy, he's played pretty well. And one of the underrated aspects of his play is the fact that even at his size, he can mode, he can, he can actually run. He's a, he's a good runner. Um, but I think the consensus is that Tuttle has some of the intangibles, uh, partially because he's been here longer, and that Basilak might have a slight edge in terms of physicality, uh, maybe a sl slightly stronger arm. Um, uh, there's been some discussion about which guy is more accurate or not. Basilak could run a little bit too, but I don't think he runs as well as Tuttle. 
Um, and then they've been talking up Dexter Williams since the spring, and we've heard more of that lately. And I don't think it's out of the question that uh, that might be a real surprise. Um, but any of the three uh, will we'll give Indiana a more consistent and elevated quarterback play from the disaster of last year. I mean, it's yeah. got to be better, and it will be better. How and, and how much better is the question? We haven't really seen a lot of stuff in practice, but we have seen the quarterbacks throw. Um, you know, Connor Basilek, in my opinion, has the, the stronger arm. It's not that Jack Tuttle doesn't have a strong arm. It's just that Connor Basilek's um, a little bit stronger. Uh, Tuttle mm -hmm. is the better runner, uh, but a lot of, you know, Basilek had that hamstring injury and it really, really hindered him uh, running the ball in, in 2021. Uh, TJ, what are you looking for out of the, the quarterback position? Tom Allen said he needed, you know, somebody, one, who takes care of the ball, two, can make explosive plays, and three, um, you know, has has the team behind him. So with those three qualities, yeah. what's your opinion on this? I I think it's a really interesting – now, I – I consider it a two-man battle. I don't think that Dexter Williams is quite there. Uh, I think that he is QB3 um, entering the season, which is not a knock on him. It's, it's just a, where he's at in his development compared to the other two. Um, so looking at between Jack Tuttle and Connor Bazelak, if you're making kind of a, uh, a checklist between the two, I think Tuttle has the legs. I think Basilak has a stronger arm. I think accuracy is something that is something we, we haven't seen enough to be able to call um, between the two, particularly with, with Tuttle. And Andy makes a good point. We haven't really seen a stretch of football where he's been healthy. Uh, one, healthy enough on the field to play. But two, healthy enough to practice for a consistent long period of time and really get himself into a rhythm. Uh, that hasn't happened yet until now at Indiana. Um, so accuracy, too close to call. Who's got the better understanding of Walt Bell's offense and who's a better fit for what Walt Bell wants to do on offense based on what we know, which is limited on past stops, I think that's Jack Tuttle just because of his ability to extend plays with his legs or, you know, maybe pick up some first downs on say, for instance, it's third and eight uh, pass rush gets back into the backfield. Nothing there. Jack Tuttle escapes the pocket, picks up 10 yards and gets the first down. I think that's something he can bring the basal act, probably not quite at that level with his legs. So um, we're not in the locker room. We don't know, but we do know, Players speak incredibly highly. Coaches speak incredibly highly of Jack Tuttle. It's not that Connor Basilak is disliked at all. I don't get that sense whatsoever. I think that he has done everything he can. But I think Jack Tuttle is a really good leader on this team. Something we saw as he was part of the PowerPoint presentation that was talked about uh, at Big Ten Media Days. So if forced to pick a guy right now, which thankfully – this decision's not up to us, but if forced to pick a guy right now, I think it will be Jack Tuttle taking the field first against Illinois. 
Yeah, and that, you know, Tuttle has three years with these guys uh, over Basilak. He's played through. Uh, he played and stuck it out in that bowl game with a, yeah. a separated throwing shoulder. He tried to come back from a foot injury last year, which a lot of people thought had knocked him out for the season uh, and things like that. So he's earned that respect from, from his teammates. Uh, and to me, it's Walt Bell's offense. They're going to get the ball out quick, hopefully. Uh, and, you know, run them. Walt Bell likes that up-tempo offense, so I would expect to see that. Um, I do think they'll have a package for Donovan McCulley, especially in the red zone. Uh, he's a really good running quarterback. He's tough to bring down. We saw that last year. Uh, and he, I mean, although he's switched to wide receiver, he could throw the ball too. So if you're going to put him in the Wildcat um, and run, you do have a pass option off of that package as well. Let's move uh, quickly to the running back room. A lot of turnover in the running back room. IU uh, brings in Sean Shivers from, from Auburn. They bring in Josh Henderson from UNC. Uh, Jalen Lucas is a speedy, true freshman out of Louisiana uh, as well. Uh, let's talk about Sean Shivers first, because I think this offense, he's going to be the bell cow in, in that backfield um, in, in terms of getting the most carries. I like the room because it seems like each of those backs can do something else. And don't forget, you have David Holloman and Trent Howland, um, who are were solid recruits coming, uh, you know, from uh, holdovers from the Mike Hart era uh, that could go in there as well. So you have now five scholarship running backs. Uh, when you ended the year last year, when you had like zero scholarship running backs, I, I like the room. If you've seen pictures of Sean Shivers that I used picked up, his legs are like tree trunks, which is always a great sign in a running back. Um, he's tough. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I believe Andy's going to talk about his comments uh, about, you know, hey, just tell the defense I'm coming and, and I'm going to put them on the rear end um, as an old school running back mentality. So, Andy, let's start with you. What do you like about this uh, revamped running, uh, running back room for IU? I like it a lot. Uh, and I, as you said, I think it uh, has there are, are there are a variety of options. But uh, is the most important player on the offense this year. I think his ability to help uh, to, to be catalytic to a, to an effective running game is a huge deal. And I think he's capable of that. I, I, I know standing up next to him, uh, I sure wouldn't want to try to tackle him. <laughs> I'll tell you, he is a, uh, uh, he's got speed. He's got burst. He's, you know, built like a fire hydrant. Uh, he's, he's a physical guy. Um, he kind of, uh, Coach Allen has said that uh, uh, Shivers' enthusiasm for physicality was kind of the entire offense, which is a, that's a that's a that's a good thing to hear. And and I think that he's a he's going to be a big. He's already considered a leader on the team, even though he just got here this past year. Uh, Josh Henderson gives you a, a guy who's uh, uh, got some size and as a good all-around back, Jalen Lucas is my pick for the under-the-radar guy. Uh, you know, we're, we're discussing the offense, and I know we're going to get into this kind of stuff later, but Lucas is a guy, and I've got other guys, too. Uh, when we get to the offensive line, I'm going to talk about Parker Hammond, too. But in any case, Jalen Lucas kind of uh, 
he, he kind of fried my synapses when I saw him briefly in the spring. It's like, holy mackerel. Uh, he's, he's not, uh, the, 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 the comparison that came to my mind when I first saw him was a little bit of Rondale Moore. And uh, that's not fair to Lucas because, you know, Moore obviously was a very accomplished guy in the NFL now. And Moore's, uh, his lower body was, was super strong. You know, he had great thighs and whatnot. But Lucas has that kind of elusiveness and that kind of burst in the open field and whatever else, you know, Walt Bell's going to be doing on offense. I know one thing I think we do know is that much of his design is going to be predicated upon getting the ball in space to guys like Jalen Lucas and to, to guys mm -hmm. like DJ, to guys like DJ Matthews and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and, you know, so I, I'm really excited about that. And, um, Shivers, Shivers can give you pretty much everything you want. Um, Henderson, you know, gives you a big back. Uh, Trent Holland is another guy like that. A little bit of Stevie Scott built to him. Uh, Jalen Lucas gives you the speed, and then Holloman is really, 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 really fast. And he'll be uh, he'll be helping Indiana in terms of return game and whatnot. So no, I like it. I like the rim a lot. Um, I still wouldn't mind another uh, guy or two, uh, maybe Charlie Spiegel uh, would be a guy that can add to the depth as well. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, it's a very strong room and it's exciting because uh, we haven't and Indiana fans haven't really seen these guys yet. Oh, yeah, we'll go from Andy to the, the right. president of the Charlie Spiegel Heisman uh, Trophy candidacy, uh, TJ. No. Uh, You've been on the Sean Shivers train as well, really early on uh, when he committed to IU. You know, what does he bring to this room that you like, and what do you like about the other guys in the room? So, Sean Shivers, and look, the Indiana offense, the coaching staff, Walt Bell, Tom Allen, everybody knew there is multiple missing ingredients from what IU had in that room and in the offense in general. However, one key one was a lack of explosiveness. They did not have players that scared opposing defenses. Even if they did get space, they didn't have the explosiveness or the speed to make it, you know, to make the defense pay for that space. That has changed. Indiana went out, got Jalen Lucas, Cameron Perry, freshman wide receiver, also lightning quick, Sean Shivers, uh, David Holloman's healthy now. Um, they, they have gone out and addressed the lack of explosiveness and the lack of speed. You have to feel like this season, if the offense can create space in the open field, that will result in big explosive plays. Um, it, it was a clear directive from Tom Allen and the coaching staff during this recruiting period. They addressed it in the portal. They addressed it in high school recruiting. Now, I think that there are some fair question marks about this group. Can they pick up tough yardage in short yardage situations or killing off a game? Let's say you have a lead. You're trying to pound the ball late to keep that clock running. Do these running backs and the offensive line, because it operates in conjunction, do they have enough to pound that ball and pick up those tough yardage in the Big Ten or against a team like Cincinnati? We don't know that yet. I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, Sean Shivers certainly is big enough um, from, a, from a, a strength standpoint, but 
you know, there, there's a reason he has not been an every down back. One of those is he was behind really good players like Tank Bigsby at Auburn. He was behind guys that were really, really good NFL running backs. Uh, another reason, though, is he's not that big of a guy in terms of height and in terms of stature. Uh, he carries that chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to prove to everybody he's big enough to to carry the load for a, a Power 5 offense. We're going to find out because I think he is going to get a lot of opportunities. Josh Henderson, pretty big back. Uh, Trent Howland could be a short yardage guy. Um, but I think that some of that is going to be on Walt Bell. Now, what I really want to see from this group with their diversified skill sets, I really want to see multi-back sets for Indiana, whether that's quarterback in the middle, one back to the left, one back to the right, put guys in motion, play. I really want to see that, and that's one way to get guys into space is you create that pre-snap movement. We saw a lot of this with Walt Bell's offense, his best one that he had at Maryland. Multi-back sets with quick guys that when they get in space can make plays uh, I, I think that that's what you're looking for from this running back room. The big question is, one, can we have some better injury luck than we had a season ago with that group? And two, can they pick up those short yards in those must-get situations? Third and I, short, fourth and I, short. Who's going to yeah, get I, the ball to get that done? I agree with all that, and I, I would add a couple more questions that we don't really know yet because these are all new faces. We don't know how well they catch the ball out of the backfield, really. And we don't know how well they pass pro. And those are another, you know, those are another couple of factors that are liable to work yeah. into Josh Bell's yep. uh, uh, or to uh, um, uh, Coach Bell's, sorry, Josh Bell, Coach Bell's uh, uh, this, you know, decision making regarding the rotation. So uh, let's go to the guys who are going to try and pave the way uh, for, for the running backs and the offense in general. It, it's been on everybody's mind. This offseason, I can't tell you how many tweets I've got back. Well, it doesn't matter if it, the offensive line is as bad as last year. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line and the elephant in the room. Um, Darren Hiller's back. I am done talking about why he's back, how he's back, and things like that. It's it's time to get the season started, and you're rolling with the guys you have. Um, the offensive line needs to be better. Uh, when I was down at practice, they did inside run. I, it, they looked a lot, uh, a lot more physical than they did last year. Uh, but we'll see. I don't think we're going to get an idea of how improved this offensive line is until they step on the field against Illinois uh, and for 60 minutes are going against another Big Ten team. Andy, before you get out of here. Um, take us through the offensive line, what your keys are, who are some players that can step up uh, and, and things like that. Well, I think your starters are, are reasonably predictable. You're going to have Zach Carpenter at center. You're going to have uh, Matt Bedford and Luke Haggard at the tackles. Uh, Bedford will play right tackle. Luke will play left tackle, I believe. Um, and I think that Michael Kadic has apparently had a really good camp so far. Uh, and he's a guy with a lot of experience. Uh, I know he didn't uh, he didn't impress anybody last year overall with his play. I don't think, 
but he's always been a guy they kind of talked up and they're talking him up again from what I hear. So he might hold down one of the guard spots. And I think the other guard spot might go to one of the young guys, either DJ Moore, Vinny, Vinny Fia Cable, somebody like that. Uh, backing those guys up, uh, Cam Knight's liable to be the backup center. Uh, Tim Weaver's going to be a backup guard. Joshua Sales is a kid who could play either tackle spot and do a good job. And then I mentioned earlier, Parker Hanna came from Division Two down in Texas. Um, I've heard that he could step in and play, that he's got the footwork to do it. He's got really good technique. Uh, so anyway, I, I just went through like a, you know, basically a two deep right there. And I didn't even mention Khalil Benson, who's another guy, another young guy coming off injury who I think could play. So I think there's going to be a different approach to offensive line play. I think we're going to see different technique. I think we're going to see uh, different kinds of blocking schemes. And how well it's going to work, I don't know. But how well it works will go a long way in determining whether or not Indiana has a bounce back season or not. Yeah, I think. And and you, you leave out uh, DJ Moore, who is uh, a lot of people are excited about as well. Um, there is a lot of young talent on this op- offensive line. Uh, you wish that they played a little bit more last year. You're hoping that, you know, they're, they're healthy through fall camp, which it sounds like, like they are. Um, last year, the injuries along the offensive line, I think, played a huge role in, one, the development they got in the spring, the de- development they got in fall camp, and then throughout the season. Um, so it, it's we'll, – we'll see. It's, I think the, the key to the, the season is this offensive line. Um, Andy, I'll let you get out of here. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll have Andy Graham on to talk the defense uh, next week, but we appreciate his time uh, and insight. No, no I appreciate it. I'll, 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 I'll toss in one more thing about speed because uh, TJ was talking about speed earlier, uh, and, and he mentioned a, a wideout or two. But that's the thing. I mean, you got you got uh, Addison Cody, the transfer from Tennessee, for example. Omar Cooper can really run. Cam Perry can really run. Emory Simmons is fast in a really smooth kind of way. And Cam Camper's a guy, a Juco kid, that is probably going to start uh, from what I hear. I'm really excited about the wideout core. I just wanted to throw that in there before I left. I mean, there's like 11 guys in it. And I wouldn't have any qualms about putting any of the, all, any of the 11 out there. I, I think it's a really talented group. And once again, a lot of guys that people haven't seen yet, for, but I, I saw enough in the spring to really kind of get me juiced up because there's a lot of speed there and there's a lot of height and there's a lot of variety. You know, we talked about the variety of skill sets in the running back room. Got that in the wide receiver room too. So uh, I, think, I think there's enough skill talent on this team. I think the quarterback is going to be adequate enough to, to, to help make it successful. And it all comes back to the offensive line. And I think that's kind of a consensus. We've all, we've all kind of agreed about that for a long time, but appreciate it guys. I'm gonna, I need to get out of here and uh, I'll look forward to listening to your closing comments when I listen to the podcast. Thanks. All right. Once thank again, you, Andy Graham, the, the, the great Andy Graham. Uh, thank you for his time. So TJ, let's get to that wide receiver group that, Andy was talking about um, I when I went down to practice it was my expectations for the that group were not high um, it, but I walked away that okay this group might be better than I expected 
uh, with with um, Camp Camper, with Javon Swinton. Uh, a healthy DJ Matthews is going to be key in, in the slot as well, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, but I was really impressed by guys like Anderson Kobe, uh, who Andy mentioned, uh, and Donovan McCauley looks like he might be in the rotation later in the season uh, and, and things like that. You have Malachi Holt Bennett, Jockhead Smith. There's talent there that had kind of been buried, but now has a chance to uh, blossom. What um, What are your thoughts on the, the uh, wide receiver room? I think I'm accidentally muted, TJ. My back? You're back. My back? All right, perfect. Yep, so, um, look, hard to know exactly what Indiana had last season at this position group because, as we've mentioned, everything else was so bad and wide receiver play is so dependent on good blocking from the offensive line and, you know, adequate quarterback play to get them the ball, uh, plus a scheme that highlights what they can do well. Uh, so, you know, no sense in dragging those guys through the rake, you know, through the coals uh, from last season. But I think that, again, what IU has gone out and done is they've added versatility to this position group. I think they have added more talent to this group, more depth to the group. I thought that under Grant Hurd, IU really got into just recruiting a bunch of Cadillacs, big guys that were ponderous at times, Um, not particularly shifty, not quick, and failing to create any type of separation. Uh, I, I I think that the group that we have this year, at the very least, brings different skill sets to the table. I do think there's still size here. Uh, Donovan McCauley is a very good size wide receiver now. I think you could see him in red zone situations. I know you mentioned uh, potential wildcat packages. He could come in and play wide receiver for a couple of plays and then shift over into a wildcat quarterback role, all in a you know red zone goal line type formation. Uh, I think that he could be a target in that area. Um, Cam Camper, I think, is a definite under-the-radar addition that I have been extremely impressed with just from highlights. Um, I really liked what we saw on his highlight films coming from JUCO. Tough to say how that translates, but I think the physical skill set is there, and by all accounts, he has worked really hard to get himself ready for this coming season. Cameron Perry, a shifty slot type, um, he might be able to factor in this season as well. And you had mentioned a guy that I, I think you'll want to talk about a little bit more, and Anderson Cody from uh, Tennessee. Um, I, I think that there's reasons to be really optimistic about the group. Um, Perhaps the biggest one is DJ Matthews back healthy. It was such a blow for the offense to lose him kind of night and day without his 
shiftiness, without his ability to line up all over the field, and without his ability to turn kind of a five-yard catch into a 15-, 20-yard gain by making a couple guys miss and getting upfield. Um, so if he's healthy, I think he's wide receiver one. I think Cam Camper starts. And then I would get or I would bet that uh, that final spot is probably between Javon Swinton uh, and, and Addison Cody. Um, and then you've got Omar Cooper there that he's got the skill set to play quite a bit. So um, Emory Simmons is, is another guy. Um, I think we've got a lot of names, a lot of depth that is probably going to be shaking out here in the next couple of weeks. You're looking for, you know, probably six to eight receivers. You can really rely on in the course of a game. Um, and I, I think you'll see a, a good mix of skill sets, but Matthews camper, Cody Cooper, um, and Swinton are probably the, and Simmons are the six that I'm looking at is probably the, um, the guys that get the initial nods uh, against Illinois and get a chance to, to earn their keep. Yeah. I, you know, I, there, there was, there was a lot more depth than I expected a wide receiver. And I didn't even mention Cam Camper, who's the nickname coach Cam since he's in the offices watching film uh, all any time that he could and things like that. So if he's not successful, it's not because of his hard work uh, and, and things like that. Um, you know, it, it, again, it, it's beating a dead horse, but it's going to come back to can the quarterback get the ball out quick enough and can the offensive line protect long enough to, to get these guys open in space and, and things like that. Because I, I thought, you know, as good as Ty Freifogel was uh, for IU in 2020, he was not that type of fried fogel in 2021. So, you know, we'll see. I think there are a lot of options. There are more options uh, than I thought heading into fall camp. Um, and we'll see. And we'll see if Donovan McCulley can get the technical aspect of playing wide receiver sooner rather than later and, and force his way in, into the rotation. Because I think it's going to be a, a, a nice rotation of wide receivers where you have a little bit of talent or, you know, you have talent at all the different spaces. You might not have a 1,200 yard receiver, but you're going to have uh, production uh, throughout that lineup. Uh, finally, TJ, let's get to the tight ends. Uh, it, it's nobody's going to replace Peyton Hendershot um, right off the bat, but if you're going to do it, AJ Barner seems like the guy uh, who might be able to. Uh, replace his production. He's a big guy. He can run. We saw him go for a 70-something yard touchdown against Idaho last year. Walt Bell likes to feature that tight end um, in his offense as well. You have James Bamba in the room, who was a walk-on transfer from Miami of Ohio, but he's considered the mayor of Bloomington. His father played and grandfather played in uh, at IU uh, and things like that. You have uh, several other guys in there as well. Um, what do you think about the, the tight end room? Well, A.J. Barner is is probably further ahead. Like if you're just putting in kind of a, a ranking of, of guys at each position group, A.J. Barner is probably the clear-cut number one, kind of a bigger separation between him and number two at his group than maybe any other spot on the field. 
um, for Indiana. I, I think that Barner is and has the potential to be an all Big Ten tight end. Uh, probably not the best in the league, but all Big Ten kind of on one of those first three teams. Um, I, I think he has that kind of talent. He looks to be in incredible shape just looking at highlights and pictures of, of Barner uh, coming toward the season. And I think the coaches showed they kind of a recognition of the work he's put in uh, and the place he has within this offense by having him go to media today. Uh, I think that that was sort of a, a nod to him like, hey, we we see you. We value you as a really important part of this offense. Um, behind him, it would not surprise me at all if both freshmen get on the field for Indiana and play quite a bit, even in kind of an H-back blocking type role. Uh, I, I think that both of those guys are have really bright futures, and I would not be surprised to see them carve out a role for Indiana. There's going to be quite a few two tight end sets, I think. Um, for Indiana, one of them is, is kind of a blocker, whoever that is, whether that's Bamba uh, or one of the freshmen. Um, and then Barner is more of a receiver uh, type. So I, I think be on the lookout for that. Kind of those two tight end sets with one of them, um, Barner being a guy that they'll move around a lot. And whoever the other tight end is in there is more of an H-back uh, blocker, uh, somewhat of an extra offensive lineman to assist. And it's one of the things that with that offensive line section that I've talked about before, yes, the offensive line is going to have limitations. It is up to the coaching staff to figure out what the five group of guys, whoever you put out there, whatever they do really well, maximize that and cater your offense around that. Maximize and highlight that skill set and minimize those weaknesses that never happened under Nick Sheridan. I'm hoping we see that under Walt Bell uh, with more of a scheme put in place to kind of mask whatever weaknesses the offensive line grouping has and highlight what it is that they do well. And you'll see that with the tight end, with two back sets, with however you play your wide receivers. That's the job of the, the offensive coordinator. In our overall offensive preview here, that's what it's about. It's about getting the 11 best guys on the field for a particular situation and putting them into a position to succeed. That has to happen more for this offense. And it sounds simplistic. I know that, but we didn't see it last year and it has to happen this year for IU's offense to take that step forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree that Walt Bell's job, it's not the first time in history that an offensive line has not been good. Um, so there's a way to, around it. I think Walt Bell, his first task is to figure out, okay, what do we have at the offensive line? How can we maximize, uh, you know, their, their skills and abilities? Uh, and hopefully we see him do that. If not, it's, it, it's going to be another long year, but TJ, before we wrap up, let's get into our most important player on the offensive side of the ball and our sleeper player. Uh, Andy had Sean Shivers as his most important player um, and Jalen Lucas as his under-the-radar sleeper. I, I'll start with you. Um, who is your most important player for this offense? I think the easiest answer, the kind of the cop-out, is whoever starts at quarterback. Um, I think that that is being uh, perhaps a bit too um, – just a bit too – easy of an answer 
Um, and really, if we're just talk, talking about one guy, if we view Basilak and Tuttle as really close, then it probably can't be that. I do think Sean Shivers has a difference-making ability. Uh, another guy that I feel like has that, though, and since Shivers has already been taken, DJ Matthews. Again, the difference we saw between the IU offense, not that it was good, but the one guy making plays when he was healthy was DJ Matthews. He was the bright spot. Um, and I, I think that he brings an element that no one else has proven they have. There might be guys in that wide receiver room capable of doing those things, but Matthews has proven it. Uh, I think he's a target that um, may or may not lead IU in catches. I actually think Cam Camper might end up leading the Hoosiers in receptions, but I think Matthews leads IU in yards per catch and leads IU in explosive plays from that wide receiver position. Uh, it's an element that they really need to have as a part of this offense. So I'm going to go with DJ Matthews. Well, that's my fault for going third. Uh, I had DJ Matthews as my most important player as well. I will kind of um, go off. You know, my, my runner up there was Barner. My runner up there was Barner. I, I you know, I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit and say it's probably Mike Kadick. And it's not because he's the best player on offense. Ah. It's because they need him. I'm going on importance. They need him to play well. Um, the sure. offensive line kind of hinges on it. Uh, if he doesn't play well, you're going to have to plug in a young guy there, maybe shuffle people around. To me, one of those guards, you know, Kadick, Tim Weaver, somebody has to step up into that role uh, in there. So that's I'm going to go off the beaten path, and that's what I'm going to go for for most important um most important player. Uh, let's go sleeper player. Andy went Jalen Lucas. Who are um, who is your sleeper yeah, player? I mean, I, I've written probably three or four. I am so excited to watch him play. I I do think he might have been talked about enough by the coaches and by us. And he might not be a sleeper anymore. Like, I think that Jalen Lucas is going to play a big role um, in, in this kind of in this uh, in this attack. I, I that's a, a pick that I would certainly take, though, but in an effort to not duplicate, I'm going to go with a sleeper of DJ Moore. Um, that is, like you say, off the beaten path, going with an offensive lineman. That other guard spot, I think, is very open. Um, and DJ Moore is a player that has the physical nature from high school, plus from a size standpoint, he's ready to step in. We don't know if he's going to grasp the offensive line concepts well enough to step in he was not in for spring but I think that if things aren't going great on the offensive line uh, early on or if DJ Moore just really impresses and shows he's ready he's a physical force that could step in and really make a difference on IU's interior of the line uh, I really wanted to go with the second tight end after Barner but I didn't know who to pick I think there's an opportunity there uh, for a, a 
somebody besides Burner to step up and earn a lot of playing time. I just don't know which one of the guys it's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with my sleeper of Anderson Kobe. Uh, I, I think he's your prototypical wide receiver size. I, he came in under the radar, you know, off like not on the too deep for Tennessee, played sparingly. Um, he's a guy who has a, a lot of talent. Uh, he, I, I think he's starting to flash in fall camp. I don't know. I'm not predicting him to go for a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns, but he could be a guy who's in the rotation, uh, makes, you know, maybe a couple dozen catches this year for a couple hundred yards, uh, maybe more. But nobody is, he really went under the radar in, um, in previews and, and preseason uh, stuff. So I'm going to go with Anderson Kobe. Yeah. And with that, TJ, that does it for our uh, offensive preview. We'll be back next week to talk to defense uh, with Andy Graham. So thank you for joining. Also, Andy, uh, if you're still listening, thank you for joining as well. I know uh, our fans uh, appreciate his insight. He is a living IU legend um, with that pro with the program as well. So, TJ, thanks for joining us. Everybody, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for a countdown to kickoff our fall camp updates, uh, and our uh, game previews, positional previews, and all of that. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. 
Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.